In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we turn to God's word in Luke's gospel. Luke's gospel. Looking at this parable of Jesus uh, from verse uh, 9 of Luke chapter 18. A parable that uh, is at the heart of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Just a very short story of uh, two men. And we'll see how Jesus was speaking to a particular set of people, showing a, a Pharisee and a tax collector and the similarities and the differences between them and seeing how at the end Jesus says, I tell you, I tell you in, in verse 14. And when he says, Jesus says, I tell you, that means that probably no one has said it before. When Jesus spoke this parable, it, the ramifications of it would have been immense because none of the people that he was speaking to would have really have seen it coming because it was completely against and opposite what they would, had been led to believe and what they'd been taught, even though as they were reading the Old Testament, they should have known that what they knew was not the whole truth. And so as we see, as we look at the, the Pharisee uh, in this parable especially, he was so close to the truth and yet so far away. He was so close to being good, but being close to being good does not work when it comes uh, to being right before God. And so Jesus, what he's, what he's doing here, he's putting himself completely against uh, the traditional teaching of uh, the Pharisees, of the, of the theology of the day. What Jesus is saying is how you are made right with God, how you are justified. And declaring yourself good or seeing yourself as good does not make you justified. It's really about knowing who you are. And ultimately, it is the tax collector, the publican, who knows who he is because he confesses that he is a sinner, that he is a sinner who needs to repent and be forgiven of his sins. So what Jesus is going against is the, uh, that, that idea that is really prevailing even more in the world today than ever before, is that idea of good people, good people enter into the kingdom of God. If you're good, then God will allow you into heaven. 
if you have that uh, moral, ethical goodness about you, then you will somehow be acceptable to God. How good are you? And when you're speaking to people, as I've spoken to people, friends, family, they, they see themselves as, as good. They don't see themselves as bad. They know that they're not wholly good. They know that they've got a few foibles. They know that they don't do everything that they should correctly. But they're doing enough good compared to bad to be able to tip the scales that God will surely say, enter in, my good and faithful servant, into the kingdom of God. And as we see in verse 9, Jesus says, And he spoke this parable unto certain, to certain people, which trusted in themselves, looking wholly to themselves, that they were righteous. They were self-declaring their goodness. They were self-declaring their righteousness before God. They were self-declaring that actually, yes, I think I'm a good person. Morally, ethically, I'm good. And therefore, by following uh, the rules, the regulations, the laws, even what they would see as the, the Ten Commandments even, that that was good enough to be able to get them into the kingdom of God. They're trusting in themselves, as Jesus says, that they were righteous. Trusting in themselves. They were marking themselves against themselves. Or maybe what they were doing was marking themselves, as we see, against other people. But they're not marking themselves against people who are better. They mark themselves against people who they see as being far, far worse. And certainly we see the Pharisee there pointing at the tax collector especially. And so Jesus here has in his sights the Pharisees. The Pharisees. The, the, the people who really kept the law. And we go back a few uh, chapters to, to Luke chapter 16 and uh, uh, verse 15. Luke chapter 16, verse 15. What does he say about the Pharisees? And he said unto them, the Pharisees, we see speaking about them in verse 14, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. God, Jesus says to them, knows your heart. And as we'll see, our hearts are corrupt. But the Pharisees, they look good. They paraded themselves to look good. They made themselves look good. And they thought that by looking good, and that made them good. And really, they were deluding themselves. It was an illusion. But they'd bought into that idea that you can be good enough that God will say, yes, enter in a good and faithful servant. They bought into that illusion, that delusion. 
And so therefore, this parable that Jesus is speaking in verse 9, he says, And he spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. And so this evening, if you think that you are good enough on your own, that you can declare yourself righteous before God by works that you have done, then this parable is for you. Because in today's society, as I've said, we speak to people and they think, well, I'm a good person. And they compare themselves to people that they think are not as good as them and they think, well, obviously God's going to let me into heaven. I'm not a bad person, they say. I'm a good person at heart. But as we see from Jesus here, this is not the, uh, the gospel. This is not how you can enter into the kingdom of heaven by anything that you can do yourself, any works, even good works. Because what Jesus is saying is that as we come to the uh, end of it, as he says, the everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. This is that harsh uh, reality of, of the gospel of Christ Jesus is. Uh, the, the, the true way of scripture is not uh, anything that you can make up yourself to declare yourself righteous before God by any uh, work or moral or ethical viewpoint that you may have. It's not about what you do. It's about what Christ does. And so what we have is this uh, Pharisee, who is good? I mean, the Pharisees were good. They carried out the law. They easy as we as we as we know the uh, uh, the rich young ruler that we read about just a few verses time was a good man. He honoured his father and mother. He kept the commandments. He wasn't a, an adulterer. He wasn't a murderer. He wasn't a thief or a robber. He probably didn't lie. Although we know that the bar that Jesus set is far, far higher than that because he says if you commit, uh, if, you, if you think about something, you, you get angry against your brother, then you have committed murder. We're not talking about uh, people who are uh, uh, ruffians or, 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 or not good people. These are the Pharisees were, were good. The thing is being good is not good enough. The Pharisee is, is as good as he can be, but he's not good enough. And as we see the, uh, the sinner that Jesus paints the picture of as the, the publican, the tax collector, in, society, in Jewish society he was the lowest of, 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 the, of the low. But he knew that he was a sinner. And so as Jesus says, therefore, he comes seeking mercy, humbling himself, and he will receive mercy. He knew that he was a sinner. He, need, he knew, knew that he needed to confess his sins. He knew that he needed a saviour. 
The Pharisee, on the other hand, had already self-declared him to be righteous, didn't need a saviour, and so therefore was damned. But to the Pharisees, to the Jews of the day, they would have seen this as probably blasphemy, what Jesus was saying. Calling somebody such as a, a tax collector, a publican here, as one who uh, would be allowed into the kingdom of God, compared to the Pharisee who is going to be damned to hell. Surely that is the completely opposite way that it should be. They would have taken this out of being aghast at what Jesus was saying. And so really this is, uh, Jesus talking about the kingdom of God. And so we could ask that, we could say, well, uh, well ask the question, well, who, who therefore gets in to the kingdom of God? And how do they get in? What do you have to do, what do you have to be to be accepted into the kingdom of God? And as we see that uh, the God's way is completely... A, Opposite to the way of, of all other religions. All other religions are working on uh, b- making yourself a better person in your own strength, in your own power. Whereas we know uh, with God's way, it's all about what Christ has done for his people. So Jesus is saying, well, how do you become righteous? How are you justified? How do you become right with God? How do you become right with God? We know that uh, the word justified, to be righteous, means that uh, you are found to be innocent, forgiven, cleared, declared not guilty. You have to be forgiven. And the thing is that the world wants to say, well, I don't need a savior. I can do this on my own. I can work my way into this position where I can clear myself. I can even forgive myself to a certain extent. I can make myself good enough. But as we know, it is not possible to do that. It is not possible. Because as I've said, the Pharisees were good, but they weren't good enough. They'd fallen short. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They knew that they had to be holy. They knew that, as God had said, well, be holy for I am holy. They knew uh, that uh, they had to, uh, in in, in some way, be able to uh, uh, live that good and perfect life. And the sad thing is that they they thought that they actually were achieving that 
by staying clean, by uh, being good, by following the commandments, by doing all the things that the law commanded of them. And sadly, they thought that that was good enough. But they deluded themselves. They bought into a, into a, a lie that of their own creation. And unfortunately, many today buy into that lie also. Where they think, they feel, they hope that, well, if I'm just good enough, God will let me into heaven. But we know, as we read through uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, you, you, you cannot justify yourself. You can't even, as we know, keep God's law fully. As he says you just, in Galatians, you just, you just can't do it. Galatians chapter 3. If you try to, uh, to, to keep uh, uh, God's law, well, you, you're going to be cursed by it, ultimately. And so therefore you cannot, you cannot work your way into heaven by thinking, I'll do good works. It is not possible to do that. So therefore, as I've said, though, this, this parable, this story is for you if you think that's possible. That you can earn your salvation. That you can do something to contribute to, uh, to, to your righteousness, to, to your goodness, to, to, to be just before God. And so therefore, we uh, move further on to verse 10. Well, two men, Jesus says, uh, this is the parable. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the uh, one, a Pharisee, and the other, uh, a publican, a, a tax collector. And so we have uh, this uh, time of, of, of prayer, of worship. Um, in Jerusalem, the, uh, the temple especially, two times a day, nine o'clock and three nine o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the afternoon would be times when uh, sacrifice of atonement was uh, given. And so the people would uh, enter into the, the temple courts that they may uh, be part of this and receive something of it of what God uh, was doing through it. The morning and the evening sacrifice, that, that burnt offering as a, as a sin offering, atonement for the sins of the people. And so these two men gathering with all the others that would have been there, the crowds that would have been there at that time, one a Pharisee, one, a tax collector, and there they go up to pray, really to, to, to worship God, to enter into the, uh, the, the, the adoration and worship, to glorify God. And that they would then, uh, as, as, by the fact that they were, they were being there, have that sacrifice applied to them be rubbing off on them, that they would uh, receive uh, that, uh, uh, the benefits of, of that atonement through that sacrifice of that uh, animal. 
So they both go to, to pray, to receive uh, what God is, is, is giving through that service. But what we see straight away is the differences between them. How dissimilar uh, they are. Now we know that the Pharisee, he's the most religious, the, the most respected, the most honored, uh, the most good, you could even say. And as we know, well, the tax collector, the publican, well, he's despised and hated. He's certainly not good. Those around about him, if they knew who he was, would have been treating him with uh, uh, just despising him. But what we see, the greatest difference that Jesus wants to draw out in this parable, the greatest difference between these two people, the Pharisee and the tax collector, is that the Pharisee is declaring himself as a good man, a righteous man. That's what he's confessing about himself. That self-confession of being good, of being righteous. Whereas the tax collector, the publican, what is he doing? Well, he says, I'm not righteous. I'm not good. And that's what he's confessing. And so we see the uh, verse 11. We, uh, Jesus points us to the Pharisee, first of all. Well, the Pharisee, he stood which is uh, uh, how how we uh, pray. We stand to pray, so therefore he's he's doing what is uh, commanded uh, in Scripture. The Pharisee stood and prayed uh, thus with himself. And just (laughs) thus with himself. He's not praying to God. He's actually uh, declaring... Uh, things about himself. He's, he's, he mentions the word uh, God. He says God in his first word, but he's not praying to God. He's not, this isn't a, 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 a prayer where he is asking or coming to God. Isn't it amazing? that this Pharisee here prayed thus with himself. He's speaking to himself. That's what he's doing. He's not praying. He's giving a speech about himself to himself. God doesn't come into this speech. It's not really a, a prayer as such. Even though he's standing and as we see, uh, we'll, we, we take it probably that this, the Pharisee, uh, especially from what Jesus has said previously about them, ways, but they, they, they take the most prominent places so that people can see them. So that people can, they, they think, look at them and say, look how, how good a person I am, how righteous a person I am. They should be, they should be uh, amazed at my uh, being and my, what I'm doing and my stance and everything about. It's all about them. And we see that, don't we, that uh, even in, in his speech, that number of times he says, he says, I thank thee that I am not. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. I, I, I. 
I, I, I. It's all about him. All about him. He's praying to himself, speaking to himself. It's not a prayer. No relationship at all that he is having with God. I mean, there's nothing for God to, to, to listen to, to, to answer to. There's no requests or anything like that. He's just talking about himself. He's, he's saying how great I am. And so therefore, you could say, well, who does this man worship? Obviously, he worships himself. He is the center of his own universe. Obviously, he uses the word God at the beginning of his prayer because that's what's sort of expected. But after that, everything that follows is nothing to do with God at all. He doesn't ask God for anything because what does he need God for? He has everything he needs. Same as uh, the rich young, young ruler in, in a few verses' time where uh, he looks at his life and he thinks, well, yeah, I'm done. I think I'm doing pretty okay. I'm doing everything good. And so he comes to, to Jesus to have that validated for him. So what does he say? Verse 11. He says, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. So here he is comparing himself. Uh, saying that he is worthy. That he is the one who is far superior to. Look at those over there. Well, they're not good, but I am. They're not worthy, but I am. And he says, well, yeah. What is he? he says, well, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even, as he gets to that publican, he singles out the tax collector. As I've said, he probably was, a, in the parable, as Pharisees were, were it's a, it's obviously it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a parable, uh, but the Pharisees were, were good. They were good. But, as we know, that's not how you enter into the kingdom of heaven. As we know, the, uh, he, he uses, uh, in the parable that Jesus is talking about, he, he, he can then bring in this, this publican, this tax collector, because the tax collector, as you know, is the lowest of the low, the one who had bought into the whole Roman uh, uh, ethos of, of making money, and therefore he'd have extorted uh, the, his, his fellow uh, uh, citizens. <laughs> Uh, just uh, taking more money as we, as you look at uh, even a, uh, a few more chapters time you come across uh, Zacchaeus this tax collector you can't get much more of a difference opposite ends of the spectrum a Pharisee, good tax collector, bad and Jesus uses these uh, two as an illustration of just the, the, how these opposites in society, actually, we've got them wrong, not necessarily the wrong way around, but how he uses them to, to turn their thinking upside down. The fact that even the, uh, the tax collector would have been in the, uh, in the temple would have been abhorrent to the Pharisee. This man that's unclean, how, how dare he even enter into God's presence? 
And so therefore, what he says, first of all, this is who I am not. And then he says, and I'm certainly not like that man. And then what does he say in verse 12? Well, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Making himself out to be good. Doing more than what is required. And obviously, remember, Jesus speaking about uh, those who fast. And when he says, well, when you do fast, just don't tell everybody about it. Just do it in the quietness of your own heart. Don't clothe yourself in sackcloth and ashes. Don't have to publicize it. Don't have to even say that you're fasting. But what, is this, what does this Pharisee do? He stands there in the, in the front and center and says how good he is, especially compared to that sinner over there, that tax collector. But as we know, as Jesus already said about the Pharisees, God knows your heart. It's not about what happens on the outside. God knows the heart of this Pharisee. And so then we move on as uh, time presses on. We move on to the, uh, to, to the, to the publican, the tax collector. The, the, the difference here, as Jesus tells it in, in this parable, is that well, the publican, the tax collector, he's standing afar off. He's standing at some distance. He's probably standing as far away as he possibly can while still actually being in the temple and still able to take part in the, in, in the service, as it were. Can't get much further away. He's far off. Why is he there? Why does Jesus put him there in this story, in this parable? It's because he realizes, this tax collector realizes, he's not worthy. He's not good enough. He's not worthy. He's a sinner. He knows that he's rejected by uh, the whole of society. Not just society, but also probably, probably God. He knows he's sinned against God. He knows that he really, to a certain extent, has no right even to be there. And yet, he comes because he knows that that's where he should be, in the house of God. He stands far off. And then he would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. The Pharisee standing with his arms out, face up, his eyes pointing up so the glory of God can hit him full in the face. Because he, know, he thinks to himself, I'm right, I'm good, I'm just. The tax collector is just trying to make himself as small as possible. He knows who he is. He knows that he, uh, yeah, he cannot lift his eyes up to heaven. He's unworthy. He's full of shame and guilt. And so therefore, he, he confesses it. He confesses it. But also what he's doing is he's, he's striking his breast. He's striking his, his, his breast. We see this uh, um, uh, in, in a few chapters' time, if you turn to the, uh, to the cross, uh, Calvary. 
Uh, you see it in Luke 23, uh, verse uh, 48. So the crucifixion, uh, we read so in verse 47, Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And then in verse 48 of Luke 23, And all the people that came together to that site, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned. At the cross of Christ, those who knew Christ and loved him were just so full of anguish, so full of pain, that they just, they just smote their breasts, they struck their breasts, they hit their breasts. And here we have this, this publican, this tax collector, doing ex- exactly the same. Making himself as small as possible, standing as far away as possible, and just full of anguish, just striking his, his breast. And you think, well, that's where, that's where your heart is. He knew that his heart was corrupt, and he's beating his heart, because he knows how much of a sinner he is. And what does he say? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, the things we see there is the differences between them. But what we see also, or we should know, is, is the similarities between them. They both knew that God was to be worshipped, honoured and adored. They both knew about the, uh, the sacrifices. They both knew about uh, atonement for, for sin. And that's why they were there, that they needed to have their sins uh, forgiven. The Pharisee believed in God. It's not as if he didn't believe in God. The Pharisee believed uh, that the God was a God who forgave. But the thing is that the Pharisee just had that belief that he'd done so many good things that he'd earned that forgiveness. He kept the laws. He tithes. He fasts. He comes to the, the services in the temple. He reads the scriptures. He keeps the Ten Commandments, he thinks. He's earned that forgiveness. And so therefore, when he saw these sacrifices being given, these, uh, for atonement of sins, he thinks, well, this applies to me. He's in. He'll be, receive that forgiveness. And as we know, that's the way that, unfortunately, sadly, the, the, the world, the people of the world, they, they, they think, it's not as if they, they don't think they've ever done anything wrong. It's just that they don't think that they've done enough wrong that they won't be allowed into heaven. They, they think, well, I've earned in my, my way into, into heaven by, by being good enough. That the scales are balanced in my favour, they think. 
But what we see with the tax collector, the publican, what does he say? He says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He, re- he, he repents. He knows. And actually, it could be that the definite article there, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. At that moment, what he's doing is actually making himself as, as the, the, the chief sinner. It's what Paul does. He says, I'm the chief sinner. And to a certain extent, it's what we all can do because we are the ones who know our own hearts better than anybody else knows our hearts. So when we look at ourselves, we can say, well, I'm the chief sinner. God be merciful to me, the sinner. I know my heart. If you look at your heart, you know how sinful. I know how sinful I am. You know how sinful you are. The publican cries, God be merciful to me, the sinner, the sinner. What, he's, what he knows is, is that he knows that God is a God who, who, who forgives. He knows his, his uh, the publican knows his, his Old Testament theology. He knows the prophecies, which are actually now being fulfilled in Christ. He's looking forward to the Messiah who is to come, who is the one who will take away the sins of the world. Because they know that all these animals that are being sacrificed day by day by day is not able to take away their sin, to fully atone for their sin, to be that great exchange. And so he cries out for mercy. He knows that he is a sinner. He confesses his sin. He repents and says, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And as he, in the parables, he's looking at the sacrifice being given upon the altar and that atonement, uh, he's, he's looking uh, for that forgiveness. He, he, he knows the prophecies in, in Isaiah 53 about the one who is to come, who will take away the sins of the world, the one who would bear our iniquities, die in our place, being wounded for our transgressions, buried for our iniquities that we may be forgiven, have peace with God. And so then, in verse 14 to, to finish, what Jesus, what Jesus says now, he says, I tell you, because the Pharisee, you couldn't say, well, the Pharisees would tell you, or this teacher of the law would tell you, or this rabbi would tell you. He says, I tell you. This is the authority that Jesus has. I tell you, because the Pharisees wouldn't say this, the teachers of the law wouldn't say this, the rabbis wouldn't say this, but Jesus says this, I tell you, well, this publican went down to his house justified rather than the Pharisee. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And so what we see here is that uh, the sinner without any works, without any merits, without any uh, law keeping, without any being good 
as it were, without any uh, accomplishment of self, with uh, no um, anything like that that you can ever think of to, to try to earn yourself into the kingdom of God will not work. That is not how it works, Jesus says here. You can't earn it. It's a gift given by the one who sent his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him may not perish but have everlasting life that the wrath of God may be satisfied. The publican knows this. It's full of anguish, full of pain at his sin and comes before God and says, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Repenting of his sin. And so the question is, well, where are you uh, this evening? Are you like the, the, the Pharisee who thinks that you can uh, be good enough to earn your way in? Or will you humble yourself and say and confess, I'm a sinner in need of mercy, God. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Let us pray. Our Father God, we come to you. We pray that you would humble us before you, that we'd be like the publican in this parable and certainly not like the Pharisee. Father God, humble us, we pray. Uh, that we would know our sin, that we would confess our sin, and that we would therefore cry out for mercy uh, to the God who is able to forgive uh, the sins of uh, wretched people such as us. You know, Jesus, that you went to the cross, that by your blood that was shed, uh, you uh, paid the price with that great exchange. Uh, the atonement <coughs> for sin was given, that no longer uh, would uh, an animal sacrifice need to be given, but once and for all, uh, you sacrificed yourself on the cross, that any who believe in you may not perish but have everlasting life. And so we pray that this night we would uh, know this and pray uh, for mercy. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Amen. We conclude our prayer meeting this evening with Psalm 31. First four verses of Psalm 31. Psalm 31, in thee, O Lord, I put my trust, shamed, let me never be. According to thy righteousness, do thou deliver me. Bow down thine ear to me, with speed send me deliverance, to save me. My strong rock be thou, and my house of defense. The first four verses of Psalm 31, to God's praise. <clears throat> In thee, O Lord, I put my trust.
services on Sabbath, 6 November, the usual times, 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., uh, taken by myself. Uh, doors, uh, communion services from tomorrow till Monday, 7th November, uh, Friday and Saturday at 7.30 p.m., the Sabbath services at 12 noon and 6.30 p.m., and then Monday at 7.30 p.m., and the services from Friday to Monday will be taken by the Reverend David Fraser. A TBS Northern Scotland conference is to be held on the 11th of November from 3pm to 8.30pm at the Caldothal Christian Centre. Uh, booking is essential, but there is no charge and further details are on the flyers on the vestibule table. Now the benediction. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost with you all. Amen. Amen. Amen.